Good morning, everybody. How are you doing this one day? Can everybody see me? Well, if you don't know me, my uh, name is San. I'm one of the president's monk here. And uh, I was away for a while. Maybe that's why you don't, maybe I'm not familiar to you. Um, so I'll be giving the talk today. Um, one of the things that um, when we tread alone with our path um, that I found out is to keep a very um, open heart, open mind, uh, open attitude to the experience that we encounter with our day-to-day -day life. So the path, we cannot separate our path the spiritual path, paths, whatever path you take, whatever path you on, we cannot separate our day-to-day -day life. You cannot separate your meditation from your work. We cannot separate our walking, running, going to gym, or um, having breakfast, or we cannot separate these things uh, with mindfulness, or loving-kindness, or going to church. We, we can't separate that because it's a very important part of our life and we have to get that into our, all our uh, activities, all our experience that we um, engage with. So when we do that, it's very important to keep in mind that the, the difference, the biggest difference that makes um, that it uh, gives us a boost when we have an open heart, open mind. So, along with that, I want to talk about with this uh, idea that we want, I want to talk about today how we love, or we like to be loved, and we love to give our love. We, love, we like to share it. So, compassion, love, kindness, giving, whatever you want to call it. And so we have this uh, the fundamental human nature quality that we, we like to be loved and we, we like to share it with others. And we, we love our family, we love our kids, we love our neighbors, and we love our country and uh, people starting to be aware of the, uh, that they have to take care of the nature, which is a good thing. Um, so we have to allow, when we do that, on, in return, we get the same, in a different levels. Not exactly the same way, but in many different levels, we get it back somehow. So that's how um, it works. Um, so in, in religious uh, um, traditions, they talk about sometimes, um, they call it karma or recycling. It's the same thing. So it just comes back <laughs> to you however you give it. So it's the same thing, I think. Um, so I was in, on a retreat. Um, for three months, and uh, I happened to tell, uh, tell you that uh, my friend was Huey, the dog, and um, 
a beautiful American Shepherd, German Shepherd, I think. Um, it was, he was like, I think 80, 90 pounds. It's, it's big. And he can just literally just push me and I will fall down. <laughs> yeah, he's big. But he's a very, um, he was a very good dog. And um, one day I was outside and I saw something, something different with him and he was just going crazy. And there was this tree in front of the house and he was just look up and he was just going around, running around the tree and he was just come to me and telling something. And of course I didn't talk and I couldn't ask what's going on. And so I, I walked towards the tree and I look, you know, walked around and it was a, uh, there was a hollow bit on the tree. It's a, it's a old tree. And um, so, and then I saw there was a little um, a kitty cat and, and, on the tree. And so he was going crazy about this. It was a black cat and I think somebody dropped uh, it off a, on my friend's property because he was actually sick. And um, uh, so the cat was really afraid because uh, the dog was going crazy and he just wanted to grab him and I think chew him. <laughs> yeah, it was just this little tiny cat and this is dog 80, 90 pounds big. And so um, I didn't know what to do. And John is 70, 75 years old and he didn't want to get up there and help the cat. And so he climbed up the to the tree because of fear, I think. And now I felt like he cannot come down. So what I did, I wanted to, I tied the, I tied the dog and I put him on the leash and then I um, grabbed a, um, a broom and I tried to uh, you know, get him down. That's the day I uh, uh, learned the lesson that when we say a mad cat, <laughs> oh boy, he was furious. Yeah, that's really true. When they are mad, they are mad. And uh, so I wait. I couldn't do anything, and I waited. And he was hungry, and now I um, I waited the next day and came back. The dog was guarding the tree and he couldn't come down. So then again, I uh, put him on the leash, dog, and he has 50 acres. He can go wherever he wants and he's the king of that property. And so usually John, my friend, put, do not put him on leash. But I had to and he wasn't happy. Um, so I got a ladder, got up there and grabbed the cat uh, I had gloves on because I wasn't sure <laughs> what's going to happen and got him and put him down. And so, um, so I think he really wanted to go to the bathroom but he couldn't because he was terrified. Um, so then I unleashed the dog and that wasn't a good move and <laughs> chased him. And, but he will learn a lesson. Sometimes people, animals can be smaller, but they have this 
dominant nature. Cats really have that. I noticed that he would just, he didn't care how big the dog was. He fought back. And so he will learn, okay, this is not going to work. Um, so, but he was still chasing. He wanted to catch him. And little by little, I saw that the cat was just dominating this area and he was just little by little come to towards the house and uh, it's uh, he had a barn and so he few nights he was uh, under uh, this old car I spent few nights and then little by little he just came to the uh, to near to the house and now I noticed that um, he would give up to uh, the wanting to chew him because he knew that he couldn't do it and um, instead he started to become a little bit friend, friendly with the cat and um, then uh, he would just you know go around and lick him and just give him a little love and I thought that was very good and so I was observing that how these two just interact and how they just these two got to know each other and this is the learn that I le learned from Huey and he loved the cat and he let him stay and um, the John his um, father um, would feed him the cat and take care of him and so he will be a good barn cat and uh, but Huey had a place for this cat. So all along the day, the cat had to stay on this particular chair. He could not move. If he get down, he would chase. <laughs> the cat would get up, run back to his chair. And so I named it, I couldn't help, I named it Huey's Cornered Love. <laughs> so, so this is a, probably something to think about. We all love to love. We like to be loved. So when we do that, how do we do it? Do we do it with with an open heart, open mind. How close-minded we are when we do that. And we have our own propagandas when it's come to uh, love somebody, give something. And we expect, it's the same thing, expectations. We have the own, our way of looking at things, looking at people. So the idea is that we have is that, well, I give you a good life, I give you food, I give you this, I give you that, and you have a good life, so you are loved, you are being loved. And so when it's come to ourselves, we think the same way, and they give us that, this and that, and I am being loved. Probably this maybe a time for all of us to just take sometimes to think about what it really means you to be loved and to love somebody how do we 
How do we give somebody? How do we care about somebody not being cornered? And it's a, it's a big lesson to learn. And uh, Chogyam Trumpa, one of the uh, a famous uh, Tibetan monk who came here, and uh, he was a very uh, evolutionary man, and um, he did so many stuff in the country. And there was some controversial stuff too, but I liked his style. He was very arrogant, and which is right on my alley. Um, <laughs> and uh, so Naropa Institute, if you have heard about that, Colorado Boulder, and he started that place, and Shambhala Magazine, if you know that, he's the, the, uh, the beginning found, no, founder of that organization. So he says there are two ways that we love when we give love or compassion, kindness. We turn the situation into our propaganda and we want to love that person. We want that person or situation to be the way we want it to be. And when we do that, we just want to turn that whole thing to the way that we look at love. Let's say somebody we want somebody in a dangerous situation and we happen to be there. We have our own our definition when it's come to this idea, concept, to secure somebody. And so in order to, to help that person and we get involved with it and we just turn it to it into a our way of doing things. And there is another way of doing it, it's just you, you just happen to be there and when something happened and you help, you offer your help and you walk out. And that way we don't have, we don't became, we don't turn it into a, um, we don't try to turn that uh, whole thing into a, you know, what it want us to be. Because the, the security or the, when somebody needs something, we have to understand different peoples are in different levels. So in order to help, like the quality of, quality of life, maybe we are American being spoiled a little bit, we think in order to have a quality life, we have to have iPhone, iPad, and a bigger screen of TV, and a, um, air conditioning and all that. But to somebody who lives in a third world country like my mom, the quality of life, the security, and the, the comfort is not that extreme. So there are different levels. So when we, when we help somebody, having that open mind, it, I think it helps you to uh, realize that different levels. So when we, when we help somebody, you don't have to turn that situation or person what you think it's supposed to be. You just help whatever it is, just let it be whatever it is. Like yesterday I dealt with uh, this client. Uh, she's 21 years old, 320 pounds, and um, 
she has five-year-old mind of a mind. And sometimes she gets really upset and there is no way that you can stop that person. She gets furious and sometimes when we go towards her with the attitude that what it's to be a normal person and we try to turn her into a normal person which like you and me oftentimes we call ourselves normal. <laughs> So, uh, when I dealt with her yesterday, it was like one hour and 30 minutes. She got mad and I was so afraid that she would punch me, but she didn't. But that is the same thing, that because there are so many people that they are trying to change this girl that our normal concept, which never gonna happen. So you have to go to that level and help that person with an open mind, with an open heart, understanding the fact that you never going to change her to the extent that you are expecting. So, I think that's the, uh, the, the important message that we have to get. When we love somebody, when we care for somebody, they call it unconditional love. So how we do that without cornering it, like Hewitt did? You know, giving it a place and expecting certain ways to behave, expecting certain things to do, expecting certain things in return. And so when we have that, uh, why I talked about at the beginning, keeping open heart, it allows you to um, catch it right away, see it right away. When you do that, you just step back and think about for a few seconds, and then you reach out to help. So I think uh, that way we can offer offer to our fullest capacity to help that situation, person, or whoever, whatever you want to do with your life. Maybe it's yourself you're dealing with. And so having that attitude, I think, helps us to, um, you know, do that. So uh, that's what I wanted to share with you today. If you have any comments, questions, please. No? Yes. Thank you. Um, I think that there's a difference between pitying someone mm -hmm. and being feeling for them. Because pity kind of puts you up mm -hmm. over them. When you are compassionate, when you feel compassion, then you're on more of an equal level with them. Mm -hmm. You understand, like you said, the woman that you were working with, that you are more accepting of them as a fellow human being, not something that you want them to be, not something that you're better than. Exactly. Yes? Are you saying um, truly loving someone is not expecting anything in return? Yeah. Is that kind of... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because you 
if you expect something, you actually, um, what do you call it, you uh, defeat the purpose, you know, of loving. Yeah. When you're dealing with somebody like that, I mean, part of their struggles is that, in my mind, that they're trying, they're trying to fit the overall perception of what normal is, mm -hmm. and so they're not accepting themselves for who they are. And how can you teach somebody? Some, but sometimes you can't. You, only thing sometimes you can do is just give, give, and give. Accepting is it's about that. It's not about changing that person. If maybe she might try to fit into it, that's okay. She will. It's good for her to try because she will. Each moment when she, when she tries, she just like a fraction of a, that tries, she will just reach to that goal. That's okay. But when you do that, you have to be very aware that not to pull her to what you think it is. You know, go into that moment and think about, like, after she cut herself yesterday, she just took her perfume bottle out and broke it and grabbed a piece of uh, glass and cut herself. And I was just sitting there. There is nothing that I can do. But just go to her level and think, what would I do, a 30-year-old man, if I had a five-year-old child, um, a, 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 a mind? So all you can do is just watch and offer your help, not being judgmental. So it's very, uh, very hard, but you can do it. Just take a little practice. Yes, Jason? Um, when you spent this hour and a half with, this, uh, with your clients, how was your mindfulness during this time? I mean, what? Just, you know, obviously, this is a very, maybe I'm assuming, maybe it's a very difficult person to, to be with. Um, I mean, were you angry? Well, it's, it depends on each individual you deal with. So this particular person, I didn't go to talk her back because that would make the situation worse. Sometimes that's what happens. I mean, it's not, we think it's not normal, but that, that's what we normal people do too. When your husband mad or when your wife mad, you just talk back. When your kid's mad, and you don't want your kid to talk back, but they do anyway. <laughs> there is, it makes a friction, see? So we need to learn to stop. So instead of trying to stop that person, I want to stop doing that. That's our path. That's our goal. So you don't make that conflict. But our normal, again, um, pattern, behavior, is that we try to fix it. We try to um, change. And we try to argue back. And that 
cause a lot of troubles. Did you have it? Yes, I did. As a mother, I taught my children and told them that I cannot make them behave a certain way. Only they could make themselves behave a certain way. They might have to accept the consequences of their behavior. Absolutely. But the school that they went to was so impressed with their behavior that when the last child went through, they said, aren't you sure you want another one? <laughs> Put them through school because they knew how to conduct themselves. They knew how to behave themselves. So I didn't have the expectations that they would because I just left it to them how they behaved. Yeah. Okay, thank you, and uh, I hope you learned something. Just keep your mind open. That's all you can, you have to do. It's just very simple. Having a very open heart, it just brings you that awareness, mindfulness, loving kindness, everything. So it's that simple. Open heart. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>